I've been using this technique ever since. It's a very simple technique that you do with your hands that will build trust with the audience or the person you speak with. This is what you do. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are around the world. Now today we have a very exciting episode here at Ironproof. We're going to talk about one of the most key part of a communication. It's a key non-verbal communicator which holds about 55% of our overall communication. This is something that people often overlook or people think they know how to use it and it is body language. Body language is the most vital part of a non-verbal communication and we don't really understand it and I know we've all been in that position where we think if we just stand in a certain way or if we look at people a certain way we are showing or exuberating some sort of power or some sort of emotion but trust me it's much more than that. In today's episode we're going to cover five most effective body languages that you can start using straight away and you can learn to communicate and express yourself very conveniently. Now, before we talk about these five key body languages, we're going to talk about what exactly body language is. Now, body language isn't just moving your body. It's not just about holding yourself in a certain position and that's it. It's not about postures. It's not just about physical body. It's much more than that. Body language can be broken down into quite a few various features. Body language can potentially be how we position our bodies, but also how we move, how we walk, the closeness or the distance from when we talk to people, how far are we standing away from them, our facial expressions, it's also part of body language, our eyes, our legs, how we breathe, how we basically hold ourselves when we're speaking to someone. It's a lot of things and we're going to cover those in today's episode. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the first most effective body language that you need to start incorporating in your daily communication. Number one is eyes. Now I know it sounds very cliched, make eye contact. A lot of people say eye contact, eye contact, eye contact, but it's not just about eye contact. You have to remember that eyes are the mirror to your heart. Very true. Because eyes are pretty much what expresses your emotion, right? Before anyone can look at Anything else, the way you dress or the way you stand, you know, you can fake your clothing, you can fake your attitude, but you really can't fake the way your eyes are communicating. And the simple way for you to test that is, if I showed you pictures of people, if I showed you pictures of quite a few people with different expressions, and if I covered the lower part of their face, and if I only showed you the eyes and the eyebrows, 9 out of 10 you'll be able to tell exactly how they're feeling, whether they're feeling angry, they're feeling upset, they're feeling excited, or they're feeling happy. So you can imagine how important eyes are. Now I want you to imagine that you're speaking to someone and they're telling you something that's very interesting. It's something that you want to hear or something, maybe they're giving you a compliment, for example, or they're just talking about something that's very interesting to you. How would you react to that? Or rather, how would you look at them? Would you be looking down? Would you be looking on the right? Would you be looking up? Or would you be looking right at them? Of course, you'd be looking right at them. Now, if I told you that that's a very basic sign of interest, you would believe me, because it's true. When we're interested in someone, we look at them. Pretty obvious. But quite often, what people do is 
they deliberately try to make that eye contact because we know eye contact means power it means truthfulness it means you have nothing to hide it means you're very much focused we're showing a dominant powerful side to you but quite often people use it ineffectively people overuse that eye contact because it's the most basic sign of non-verbal communication but people stare and that's not what i want you to do i don't want you to i don't want you to make it a staring contest it's not about that it's about signifying confidence and it's about signifying your alert you're looking at them but don't stare it's very impolite to stare you know that it's also going to make the person uncomfortable now, i read a really cool article in ink.com and they did this study with the researchers and scientists and they found that within the first conversation within the first interaction with someone 70 percent of eye contact is enough to build a deep emotional connection so do remember that 70 percent is enough 70 30 rule and apply 70 percent eye contact 30 percent you can look away look gaze a bit and look away it just needs to be enough to show you're interested you're confident but not too much to appear creepy and not too little to appear that you're not interested and trust me it will happen naturally the more eye contact you start making it will come naturally now personal story for me i remember when i was a kid and uh, even to my late teens i struggled to make eye contact because i studied in india with my early childhood and in india it's often considered very rude just in the culture to stare at adults or seniors or people that are older than you superiors teachers whatever and if you make eye contact with them they find it quite rebellious they find it rude and so that was how i was conditioned to not make eye contact and when i came to london i applied the same rule and the mentality isn't the same here in the west side compared to the east side and even in india now it's changing but i do remember that uh, i didn't make much eye contact and i would look down or look away and i was thinking from my side that i'm showing respect but for the other person they can tell that i'm not really interested in them i remember that one of my teachers telling me that uh, i was in a parents teacher meeting and they told my dad that he's a good kid he studies hard but he seems a bit shy he seems a bit not interested because he's always looking down or looking away and <laughs> i remember that parents meeting really well because my dad told me why do you do that my dad told me that eye contact it's very important it's very important to apply it and I guess it's something that I started adopting from there onwards and I realized that it's okay to look and it's okay to make eye contact. Rather, it's, it's a very good thing. You should do it and not look, just look down and look away. So that's something you have to keep in mind. Sometimes culture do also play a part in it. And that's why I feel like a lot of people in Asian countries, they uh, bow their head when they greet people, which is a sign of respect. But when you're in the business world, uh, you need to let go of that rule. Or when you're seeing someone or when you're dating someone, you need to let go of that rule and really make that eye contact it's as simple as that now let's talk about the second body language which is quite important and this is your standing posture now you may be saying standing posture what does that have to do with body language that doesn't even make any sense what well, trust me it does because if i told you to describe me a person that's very sad or depressed okay i want you to tell me what would their shoulders be like would they be fully erect or would they be a bit slouched if someone's quite sad and they're quite upset or they're depressed, what would their head be like? Would it be looking straight on or would it be looking a bit down? What about the legs? Would they be firmly planted on the ground or would they be a bit, you know, closed off and very loose spaghetti legs type? Of course, you know, their shoulder would be straight, the head would be looking straight on and the legs would be firmly planted on the ground. 
and you know automatically that's a sign of confidence. Doesn't matter if you're a guy or a girl, that's what your posture should be like. And quite often not, we don't acknowledge that. We either get a bit lazy, we slouch when we're sitting or we're standing, we lean forward a bit, or we keep our shoulders down a bit, and our stomach just sticks out. And straight away, that makes so much impact in your confidence. It makes an impact in your appearance and the impression you give to someone else. It kind of shows that, you know what, I am very tired or I'm very depressed, or, hmm, yeah, man, what can I do? <laughs> so you'd want to avoid that as much as you can. If you look at amazing speakers, if you look at TEDx speakers, if you look at celebrities, if you look at uh, hosts, anyone that's on a stage or anyone that's performing, if you look at the way they stand, they just know how to carry themselves, don't they? Because that's years of media training, that's years of stage training, that's years of being in front of the camera, but you don't need to spend years and years and years to perfect this. You can do this right now, the very second. So I want you to do this exercise with me. As I tell you, please do this with me because this will make a huge impact. I want you to stand up. Stand up wherever you are. doesn't matter if you're in the living room, if you're in your pajamas, if you're wearing your shorts, if you're in your underwear, I don't care. Stand up. Unless you're driving, then please stay seated and keep driving. Keep your eyes on the road and try this exercise when you've done driving. But stand up, okay? Stand up and close your eyes. Just do it. Close your eyes. And I want you to imagine that you are hosting the Oscars. You're one of the famous celebrities. And I just want you to stand. And how would your body be like? How would your stance be? How would your posture be like standing? You're presenting in front of thousands of famous celebrities, famous people. Would it be slash? Would it be one on the hand in the pocket and your leg just, you know, leaning forward? Or would it be shoulders straight? Would it be arms open? Would it be your legs set in width, width apart? Of course, you know the latter is true. So that's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine this Every time you're talking to someone, imagine that you're a famous celebrity. Imagine you're presenting something. Imagine you are there and there's tons of cameras on you. Now, that's not to add pressure, but rather to keep your posture in check. Because quite often, people forget. Quite often, people get lazy a bit. They think they can slouch a bit, they can support the wall, or they can lean into this, I don't know, photocopy machine when they're speaking to someone. And that just shows that you're lazy and you just want to, you know, rest. You're not very much active you're not very much listening and focused and trust me that oozes so much confidence when you have a good posture so please keep that in mind and on the flip side i know i've talked about shoulders and i talked about keeping them square a lot of gym goers out there they tend to arch that shoulder too much they keep the shoulders very much square and they stick their chest out and it looks a bit too too thick it looks a bit too dominant it looks like you're very stressed or tense right you want to avoid that you want to avoid putting so much stress on your chest on your shoulders and you want to avoid straining that because trust me that can help your shoulder just keep it very natural keep it very normal breathe when you speak and it will all come with time just give it practice but the essence of this is to keep your posture standing posture good and accurate once again i'm going to tell you shoulders a bit square legs certain width apart and your back straight that's it that's all you have to do and like i said with practice it will come but keep that in mind i remember that um 
this is another personal story is that my posture was ridiculous my posture was quite bad when i was uh again when i was in my late teens because i was just um i don't know i had this tendency to slouch when i walked i looked on the floor and my shoulder would just slouch and i looked like i was having a miserable time like i was getting bullied every time i finished school but that wasn't the case i was just that's how much my posture was because i felt comfortable walking that way that's how i felt comfortable standing that way and this is my late teens when i wasn't using much computer or the laptop it was pretty much my active days well that's not to say i'm not active now but you know what i mean right so that was happening and i realized that um, i need to improve this because from a third person's point of view it looks quite bad and I got my sister to record the way I would walk and to record the way I would stand or when I'm talking to someone and it felt a bit weird initially but I did that and she was like what are you trying to do with this and I was just recording my stance my standing posture and over time I started improving it of course you know doing a bit of gym helps some push-ups and fitness and some pull-ups they do help but what really helped is actually just controlling my posture, looking at it and noticing it and correcting every time. So every time you have a tendency to slouch or lean or get a bit lazy, just correct yourself straight away. Correct yourself every time. Like I said, imagine there's cameras looking at you. Imagine that you're hosting, you're a big celebrity, you're presenting this award, you're presenting, you're in media and automatically it will change. It's a big, big, big body language feature that you need to adopt and improve right away okay let's move on to the third one now this is my favorite one this is something i'm using right now even though no one's looking at me i'm in the studio all by myself but it's very very powerful these are hand gestures hand gestures is very vital in communicating and trying to project a message and trying to make people trust you and i'm going to talk about that in a second but according to scientific research there is more nerve connections existing between the hands and the brain compared to any other part of the body. So the hand gestures and positions really, really give you a powerful insight of the emotional state. And it's true, right? Because think about it. A hands are positioned in front of our body, so that's pretty much the first thing we're going to use to express ourselves. But quite often people don't use them correctly and they really don't know how to project or express a meaning with their hands. So I want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about how to do it. But before we jump into that, I want you to do this exercise with me. I want you to stand up. I know this episode has been all about exercises, but it is about body language. So you have to do these exercises with me. Otherwise, you're not going to learn simply by listening to me. <laughs> we all know that. So stand up. If you're driving or if you're at the gym, then of course, take precaution and do it afterwards. But I want you to stand up. Get in front of a mirror. Try to get in front of a mirror where you can see your legs and you can see your hands, your full body, because it will help you communicate the message I'm going to tell you in a second okay so get in front of the mirror right now I'll give you a few seconds okay now if you're in front of the mirror I want you to put your hands in your pockets now if you don't have pockets I want you to simply get in a regal stance which is just putting your hands behind your back cross them off and just simply tell me a time or rather tell yourself in front of the mirror a time where you had so much fun. Describe an event to yourself right now. You have to be really excited, really, really be excited. Tell yourself, I went to this place, 
I had this fun. I did this. Went to see these people. I want you to just tell me, keeping your hands where they are, behind your back or in your pocket. And I want you to really tell me, be really excited, really dig into it. Not just simply just talking. I want you to really be excited about it. Tell me what you did, where you went, what did you see, what was it like. Tell me everything, but without using your hands. Now, I guarantee you, it's almost impossible to do that. And if you're doing it without using your hands, then you're a bit of a cuckoo. <laughs> or you're just not really interested in what you're saying. Because if you're really interested in what you're saying, you would naturally use your hands. Your hands would naturally come out and you would talk about it. But a lot of people only do this when they're talking about something that's exciting. And that's the purpose of this exercise. Not to use your hands when you're excited, but to use your hands when you're giving a speech, when you're speaking to people, when you're speaking to a group of people. Because what happens at that time when we're nervous, when we're upset, when we're not really pleased with the situation, our hands naturally either go in front of a body and we you know, cross them as if we're feeling cold, or if we're in front of a crowd or if we're doing giving a speech, a lot of people use that stance, which I call the crotch cover. They get the hands, they put them on top of each other and they just cover their crotch with it. Now, what that really is, is a survival instinct. Now, you may be saying, how is that a survival instinct? Well, biologically, us as humans, we're programmed to cover our vital spots when we feel danger, when we feel scared. And surprisingly, when people speak in public or when people speak in a group, they tend to do that crotch cover or they'll do the regal stance or they'll cross their arms trying to protect their chest because we feel scared. And that's something you want to avoid. You want to avoid those restrictions. You want to keep your hands either on the side or keep them, you know, up in the air and a bit loose when you're speaking. Because, again, you have to use your hands to tell a story and project your emotions. There's different hand gestures that tell a different story and they have different meaning. For example, if you're feeling excited, if you're feeling like uh, you're looking forward to something, naturally you'll notice your hands and you'll be rubbing them. And you've seen this quite a lot in movies and TVs, but it's something that a lot of people do. But again, if you're not really comfortable, you won't do it. So what I want you to do is really, once again, I keep on saying it, but use your hands to tell a story. When you feel excited, when you feel like you're looking forward to something, rub your hands together and it'll look very, very much like you're excited. It'll look like you're showing interest. Another one is when your hands are clenched together. Often people do this when they're sitting or they're in an interview. This is when your fingers are pretty much tangled inside each other like in a palm and people clench their hands together and sometimes if they're sitting on the desk they put their elbows and clench together because again that's a sign that they're feeling scared or nervous. That's something you want to do because it's a very closed body language. shows that you're anxious, shows that you are not open to words sharing what you want to share so again keep it in mind what you can do rather is do the steeple dance which is when you have your fingers and you just touch the tip of your fingers with the other hand it's pretty much like um not putting them inside your fingers but you're keeping them on the tip so touching the tip of the fingers with the other hand that's pretty much it that is quite often used by lawyers accountants and people within the senior positions because it shows power and they don't do it to show power which naturally happens and you would also notice that with yourself when you're in that situation when you're feeling powerful when you're feeling confident your hands would be in that steeper position so 
if you don't do it and if you're pretty much like that person who I was as well in interviews, I did this, I clenched my hands together because I thought like, this is very interesting or it looks very professional, looks very powerful. Trust me, it doesn't. Rather, take those hands out of the fingers and keep them in a steeple position. If you don't know what steeple is, even though after I've described it to you, Google it, S-T-E-E-P-L-E-D, steepled. And that would show you how to use your hands when you're in that situation, when you're in the situation when you want to appear dominant, when you want to appear powerful, and this is how you do it. Okay, so the next one, and this is probably the most important part of hand gesture, and this has truly changed my life. When I did public speaking, my uh, teacher told me to do this, and I've been using this technique ever since. It's a very simple technique that you do with your hands that will build trust with the audience or the person you speak with. This is what you do. You have the hands. Keep an eye on your palms. Always keep your palms towards the audience or people you speak with. Because what that really shows is that you have nothing to hide. Quite often, people that are scared or people that have something to hide or they're lying... If you notice the palms or the hands, it would be restricted somewhere, it would be hidden because it's almost like you've been caught red-handed or you don't want to get caught red-handed so you're hiding it. What you really want to do when you speak with the audience is get your palms. Now keep it balanced. You don't want to be showing your palms all the time, but rather what you want to do is show them when it's necessary. When you're trying to make a point, when you're trying to say something, it doesn't have to be in a group, it can just be one-on-one. Use your hands because what it really shows, once again, is you have nothing to hide. And trust me, it works like magic. Practice this in front of a mirror after this episode and you will notice how trustworthy you feel, how honest you feel and how presentable you look when you do it. And it's, it's amazing. So palms, very, very important. Use them, keep them open, do not hide them. So essentially what I told you so far about hands and, you know, the gestures of it, it's to communicate a message, right? And you may be thinking, how do I use it? I know I know about steeple, I know about palms, I know about what not to do with my fists and no, not to clench the fingers and all of that. But how do I actually use this to tell a story? Well, when you're speaking to people, just remember to use an open body language. Keep your arms and palms and your hands just generally open. You don't want to be using them too much. Don't do the jazz hands where your hands are flying all over the place. Keep it very balanced. And if you still find it quite difficult to have that balance, all I'm going to say is imagine any time or every time you speak to an audience, you speak to someone in a group, imagine that you're telling kids a story. Now, when you tell kids a story, you don't simply just point finger or you don't keep your hands in the pockets. You have to really describe them because kids, they don't understand it. So if you tell kids something, oh, this was huge, this was a big news, Hands not going to be in the pocket. Your hands are going to be like showing how huge it was with your hands. If you're going to show there's different levels to this, you're going to use your hands and you're going to do the stack thing with your hands, right? If you're going to say something very small, you're going to use your two fingers and do it. So just imagine that every time you talk to someone, one-on-one, in a group, in an audience, remember that. And again, this comes from my public speaking course when I did a class course. We did couple of lessons of body language and this was huge there was a lesson we had to do where we stood in a circle and we have to do a story you have to tell a story as we continue it across the next person and we have to imagine that inside the ring circle that we did in the center of it there was an instructor who was pretending to be a kid and we had to tell him a story using our hands and i remember doing this 
And my instructor told me that you have to really animate yourself. You have to think like a kid. Or you have to think like you're telling a kid a story. So how would you do it? They will not get it by simply using big words and complicated expressions. You have to make it really simple for them. And you have to use your hands as much as you can. So keep that in mind. No amount of confidence can be projected when you are using your hands in the pockets. They have to come out. So take them out when you're speaking to someone and start incorporating it. You don't have to go over the top from the get-go, but start using them. You would feel you feel a sense of power. Because if you look at all of these famous celebrities and politicians, and I'll keep on mentioning them, but if you look at all these famous people, that people that present on stage, they get trained to use their hands because with their hands, they tell a story. And something magical happens when you use your hands to create this story. It's almost like you're expressing, you're building this imaginative figure or a structure with your hands. So start doing it and it will make a huge, huge impact in your public speaking, in your communication, in your one-on-one -on -one chat with people. So use it because it will be very handy. <laughs> no pun intended. Okay. So let's move on to the fourth body language. So the fourth body language is our legs. You may be thinking, hmm, now you lost me, Priyank. <laughs> so far, I was following you. Now, I don't understand what you mean. Legs, how can legs be communicating a certain message? How can I use my legs to communicate effectively? You may be having all these questions. So Dr. Paul Eggman and uh, William Friesen, they did a research on deceptive behaviors and how humans communicate through the body. They found that we are much more conscious of our upper body language, which is what we've been learning so far. But the lower body language, they don't pay that much attention to. And the findings showed that because people pay more attention to their upper body, they're able to control it well. The lower body, the extremities, the lower extremities rather, is something people don't realize. Thus, that's the most honest way of communicating and also learning what other person's thinking. So the most honest way of finding out what someone's thinking or how they're feeling is through their legs. And legs do not lie, my fellow iron improvers. Okay. You may be thinking, why is that the case? Well, I did a bit of research and I found that as humans evolved and as we start using our legs rather than using arms and legs, we use our legs for just two purposes, either to run and get food or run away from danger. So Essentially, our human brain is hardwired to just serve these two objectives, to move towards something or to get away from something. In other words, our legs are really showing how committed we are to staying or leaving our conversation. Open and uncrossed legs position really show that you're open and, you know, dominant and confident, whereas cross position will reveal that you're uncertain or unsure or very closed off. So how does this help you communicate effectively because that's what we want to do. We want to learn how to use the body language to communicate effectively. Well, next time you speak to someone, I want you to look at the legs. Not, you know, that kind of way, but look at the legs and uh, I want you to pay attention to the way they're standing. Look at particularly the position of the legs. If the legs is pointed towards you as your legs are, so for example, if your legs are facing them, and if your foot is facing them, and if the same goes for them, that means they're very much in tune with your conversation. They're interested, and they're paying attention to you, 
and they really want to be in that conversation, that's your chance to lean in a bit and then get a bit closer to them. Compared to if the leg is facing the other way, I'm talking about the leg and the feet, if they're facing the other way, if it's facing away from where your feet are, if it's just turned a bit towards the right or to the left, then that means they're really looking for a way to escape that conversation. They're looking for a way to get out of the conversation. So in that case, what you want to do is end that conversation or lean back a bit and give them a bit of space. They may be feeling uncomfortable. They may feel bored. It could be anything. So that's something you want to use to your advantage when you communicate with people. As you speak verbally, look at the legs as a signal to find out if they're interested or if they're not. Now, the same, of course, applies when they're sitting. If they're sitting and if they're legs are positioned in a certain way and if it's pointing towards an angle that means they really want to be in that direction but they're just there at the moment with you because they want to entertain you but they're really looking to leave so you have to keep that in mind and give them that space all right so another body language for leg is when someone's sitting and they have their legs uh, in a figure four lock it's like a, they have their feet that's resting on the opposite thigh what that really shows, especially for men, because men do this quite a lot, is what that really shows is that you're trying to project power and dominance. And uh, of course, there's scenarios where you just do it because you want to rest your leg. I do it quite often. But if it's someone that's your boss, or if it's someone that's your senior, if it's someone that uh, has more power, superiority than you, and if they have a bit of a strict or mean looking face when they're talking to you, or they're in a meeting, or if they have the hands on the waist, again, depends on the context of it, then that really means they're trying to assert power, they're trying to assert dominance, they're trying to show who's the boss. So approach that person in an appropriate way because they probably mean business. Now, it doesn't apply to females because um, females don't tend to sit in that position. Females, they try to sit more and so they're keeping their legs together or they keep their ankles in a lock. And although that's quite comfortable and that is polite, I've read tons of books about this especially before an interview or during an interview men or women they don't want to do this because it shows that you're nervous you're trying to hide something and you're trying to block something and you're not really sure what you want to do rather is for men you can keep your legs a bit width apart and for f for females you can just keep your legs just together that's all you want to do that shows that you know you've got your foot planted onto the ground same applies to when you're standing up for men you can keep it a bit of a width apart for females you can just keep it together but you show very much that you're rooted onto the ground and you mean business and you're here to own the space. You want to do that. It's very important. Okay, so let's talk about the last and final body language on how to communicate effectively. And it is something that's very simple and quite often it's mistimed or misused. And it is smiling. Smiling is a universal language of happiness. Unlike eye contact, which in some cultures is considered rude, as I mentioned earlier, and in some cultures is considered important, smiling is a universal language. And the most remarkable thing about smiling is that it is contagious, right? When you smile at someone, it makes them reciprocate that behavior by smiling back. And according to scientists, there is a common neuron that affects part of the brain that is responsible for the recognition of faces and facial expression, right? And this neuron causes the mirroring reaction. So when you're smiling or when you're frowning, people copy that facial expression and they return the favor back. It just happens naturally. Now, of course, we've all been in conversations or situations where we smile to lighten the mood or 
when we're feeling nervous, we replace that by appearing happy. We all have done that. And that is all not what I'm talking about because we all know how to smile. I'm talking about how to smile generally. What is a genuine smile? Well, a genuine smile is that engages muscles around the mouth and the eyes. And we talked about eyes earlier and I did tell you that eyes don't lie. They're like a mirror to your heart. So if you do smile and it's projected in your eyes straight away, people would know that it's genuine. It's often dubbed as the Duchenne smile. This is the actual benchmark of how to smile. It's authentic. It shows that you're enjoying yourself. It shows that you're happy. It's elation, pleasure, and then basically enjoyment altogether. A fake smile, on the other hand, which is something you want to avoid. And if you notice that, I want you to try that right now. If you're really happy, I told you a joke earlier, and when you laughed, your cheekbones flared up and your eyes, you know, engaged, as well as your mouth. But if I told you to just smile, if I just told you to laugh or just do a fake smile, you cannot do it fully because your face wouldn't be able to feel happy because that's how our body works. The maximum you'll do is you'll smile to ear to ear, but that would be just be the muscles around the mouth. So that's what a fake smile is. It only uses the muscle around the mouth, but when you're actually genuinely happy, when you're smiling, your eyes would flare up as well. So keep that in mind when you're smiling. Do actually enjoy it. And why fake a smile anyway? When you want to project a certain behavior or certain body language, you want to make sure that it is genuine, right? So smile when needed don't smile when it's not needed but it is important to smile though <laughs> so try to find interest in a conversation because what happens is when you're genuine when you're present in the moment and you when you actually pay attention to what someone's saying you will find something interesting about that person so it may not be the story that they're telling you that's funny or interesting but generally you feel you'll feel interest and you'll feel like uh, happy to be with them at that moment so smile at that be careful though not to overuse it because overusing smile can appear creepy and we all have been in a conversation when we've seen someone smiling or trying to laugh too hard and it just appears a bit offbeat. So you want to avoid that. Keep it genuine, time it well and use it when needed. Otherwise, you don't have to smile and it's that simple. And that is it. That is today's episode, guys. In today's episode, to summarize one more time, we learned the five most effective ways of communicating using your body language. And they were, number one, your eyes. Using your eyes to show you're paying attention, to show that you're interested, to show that you're in the present moment. And remember to gaze and not stare. Remember the 70-30 rule. It's very important. Secondly, we talked about the posture, standing posture, how you carry yourself, how you stand, how you own a space. Thirdly, we talked about the legs. The legs is something we often overlook and they are very important. And remember, legs are the most honest way of telling how someone's feeling in a conversation and you can use it to suss out if someone's really interested or they're not. So do pay attention to those legs. Fourth, we talked about the hands, the hand gestures, how you can tell a story using your hands and how you can use your hands to welcome a person into a conversation and how you can use to really show charisma okay so don't forget that and really really don't forget the palms i talked about the open palms quite thoroughly there so if you haven't understood that part rewind and listen to it again okay lastly we talked about smiling smiling the most genuine and the most honest way 
of showing expression towards how you're enjoying someone's conversation if they're enjoying your conversation. So do smile often. Remember not to fake it. Keep it genuine. Keep it balanced. Okay, so that is me summarizing everything I've learned so far in the past few years about body language and confidence, by attending seminars, by taking public speaking courses, by reading books and by reading videos. There is a lot more to this and there's a lot more I do teach. There's a lot more exercises that you can do. This is just pretty much just the tip of the iceberg. Now, if you found today's episode useful and you feel like someone else can also benefit from it, please do share it with your friends and family and pay it forward. You never know whose life you may be able to improve or impact by simply sharing such content. Also, I would really appreciate it if you can subscribe, rate and comment on this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to this on. It really helped me understand how useful these episodes are for you and give me the momentum to keep providing you with top quality content for future improved episodes. Now, before you go, I want you to ask yourself if you're ready to take the next step and upgrade your life. And if the answer to that is yes, and you are someone that's been looking to make that change in your life for some time now, but you feel like you're missing that motivation, you feel like you're missing the energy, the confidence or those skills, then I'm here to help you. I'll be happy to support you from start to finish and work with you personally, one-on-one, over the phone, through video chat or face-to-face, so I can ignite that inner fire that will help you excel at your relationships, become a social rock star, own it at your job, in your business and leave that long-lasting impression wherever you go. Now, I know that sounds amazing. Trust me, it's very much possible. I've worked with dozens of clients to help make that change in their life and I can do it for you. All you have to do is just email me, Priyank, at iimprove at outlook.com. We can simply just DM me on my Instagram at P-R-I-Y-A-N-K dot iimprove and drop me a message and I'll be happy to have a chat with you and get you started on this amazing journey of self-improvement. I'll speak to you on the next episode.